Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I can tell you one thing for sure, it's great to record after a, gr- a great win. I'm Scott, I'm joined by Matt, how are you mate? Good, 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 it's been a good week. Yeah, it, it can only be a good week when on Monday, first of all, you've got a day off, it's a public holiday, and then Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs uh, get a, got a win, not just a win, I mean we'll celebrate any win this year the way it's been, but a wonderful win against the top eight side, St George Illawarra Dragons, defeating them 28 points to six. Uh, before we d- dive into all that, and I know you're excited to, you've leant forward, um, we'll, we'll quickly cover uh, reports uh, today, so nothing confirmed as of yet, officially. Uh, Dallin Watanese Lesniak has apparently signed a three-and-a-half-year deal with uh, the New Zealand Warriors to uh, move over with uh, immediate effect. Uh, he has actually been named in our reserve list this week. Uh, with, uh hopefully still means he's one of those Kemamalo deals at the very least that he can still become available for selection before going over there. But um, what's your thoughts on that, if that is true? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting Dallin. Um, really nice guy, so sad from that point of view. And he's one of the hardest working players in our team. Uh, one of the better players in our, t- in our squad as well. Um, unfortunately, he's developed. I think he had a really hard year last year, and developed a knack of making a bad decision under pressure uh, recently as well. And does a couple of silly things, so you can understand why um, the club might have moved him on to um, to target some or to make some room for some higher quality players. But uh, I feel like he's represented the club very well since he's come across pretty much instantly. He's been a great club man. And ultimately, it would be sad to see him go. I think you said it. I think you wrapped it up quite nicely. It would be sad to see him go, but I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, him going, being the uh, New Zealand captain, and he uh, captained the Mouldy side earlier this year in the All Star game. Uh, it's like almost a great fit. So would wish him if that does. Uh, if that news story is correct, wish him nothing but the best because he's like you said, he's been nothing but a great club man at the uh, the Bulldogs. And he's always been kind and given extra time and been really well for the fans and the members. So good luck if that is true. Now we can dive into it. 28 points to six. Bulldogs win in front of a healthy crowd of 17,382 people at Stadium Australia on Monday. Tell me what you liked. There's got to be a lot. Um, first home win of the year. Let's start with that. <laughs> it's good to see, good to see a win there. Um, uh, obviously, I guess the most exciting part was as a complete performance um, mm. for the first time um, this year, probably where we've played for a full eighty minutes and haven't dropped off. Um, we won, we won twenty eight points to six. If you look at the stats, um, we dominated everywhere as a team, um, and you could probably mount a case that we should have won by more mm-hmm. uh, because of that. But it's a team, we've talked about it before, lacking confidence, uh, forgetting how to win type thing. So it's it's a really great win uh, to win by 22 points uh, for where the team is at the moment. 
uh, some great individual performances within that team performance, which you'll touch on a bit later. We'll talk about our players of the game. But um, you, if you're a Dragons fan, you're probably really disappointed, not in just the loss, but um, there was a point in the game where I thought to myself, you know, I didn't want to jinx it, so I didn't say it out loud, but there was a thought in the game with about half an hour left um, where I, I just had this thought where the Dragons aren't actually throwing anything at the dogs. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. In, in mm, attack, mm. they just got into this this habit of um, getting to the larks and attacking off the kick, and they weren't really troubling the dogs at all. Now, how much of that was the Dragons playing poorly, which they did, but um, how much of it was that the dogs forced them to play poorly as well? So you've got to give credit to the Bulldogs there as well. But for the last half an hour, despite the scores being a bit close or closer than it finished up, the Dragons looked like they were really struggling. Mm. I must say, I do agree with what you're saying. I felt like watching it that Ben Hunt was the only one trying a lot of uh, things towards the end of the game. He put a little grubber kick for himself, got it, and threw it out with no one like chasing, and it just felt like it wasn't their day. Like When they did something good, uh, something like that would happen straight after it to cancel out anything good. But I wanted to add, at, uh, towards full time, uh, Ravalawa had a a pretty fair chance of scoring a try, and a few Bulldogs players got their selves across to hold it. And I think uh, Brendan Wakem was one who really threw his body at him. And you got to give Chris... credit to Tui Katoa. Yeah. Uh, very, very inexperienced. He got his body... Like, got... The initial hit was the reason he went on... he touched the line, and that was that was brilliant. Like, obviously, the cover defense was good, um, but that initial hit was great. Well, these two people risking injury, you've seen him before knock over the players... Before you're winning 28 6, you know, he scores the try, it becomes what 28 10 or 28 12. Bulldogs still win, but them to put their body on the line. I thought that was an outstanding, like just the attitude. And you know, they say it's all about attitude. That was one of the most pleasing things from the game when oh, you've already absolutely. had it wrapped, when you had it wrapped up, but yet you're still willing to throw your body on the line for this t- the yeah. team. And that's the um, part coaches look at a lot. I know Trent Barrett's come out and said so. Uh, in post-match press conferences and interviews since then. But um, we, we we sit just behind him pretty much, uh, a few rows up and just behind him. And um, the way he celebrated that defensive effort, he celebrated that defensive effort more than uh, any try we scored. Mm. No, yes, that's that's 100% right. And I must say, if we're talking about Trent Barrett, I actually thought it was one of his better uh, press conferences in the sense of uh, <laughs> being excited, but also saying that, they should be happy and everyone for that win. And, you know, yeah. it wasn't expected, but you've got Parramatta next week and you've, you can't, you've won that. Now we've got to go, what do we do really well in that? And what can we do better in that to yeah. keep going for next week? And just, on a, just, on a, just on a side note there, I'm really enjoying Trent Barrett. I feel like we have different game plans against different teams. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. if you go through the tape and watch how we played against Penrith, even though we, we lost that game, but um, those parts where we were good, we attacked Penrith differently to the way we attacked the Dragons. I think that's something that's uh, lost in the game a little bit. Some teams just play the, the same way every week. Yeah, they only know their one style, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we'll see long-term whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm enjoying watching um, what, what I think looks like strategic plans against certain teams or certain players. Mm, no, I like that, coaching against uh, what you've got and who you've got to try to derail teams and 
unsettled teams. Kind of reminds me back years ago when uh might have been actually would have been Kevin Moore's first year and they Bulldogs versus the Storm and uh, he basically made Luke Patton mirror Billy Slater was a whole coach uh, was his whole job that night to get Billy Slater off his game and mm. Bulldogs end up winning that one and uh, Billy was like oh everywhere I went Luke Patton was there like opposite of me the whole game whatever he did yeah. so yes yeah, so I do agree yes they've kind of against different teams have different plays or different uh, game plans, which is which is good. Um, yeah, we've touched up on the seventeen thousand crowd plus. I mean, you probably go back eight years ago or so. You probably go that's on the disappointing side on a on a Queen's birthday, public holiday, uh, sunny, nice, actually quite nice winter's day, not too cold. It's a great crowd given the circumstances. Yes, that's what I was going to touch on. They're coming last. Pulling out seventeen thousand, the second biggest of the uh, the season, and got to give a pat on the back to the Dragons fans. Showed up in numbers as well. Oh yes, they were I think kind it was of... about fifty fifty or something like that. But there was yeah. a lot of red and white. Yeah, it was, it was pretty close. And it kind of took me back to when, you know, I mean, a crowd like ten years ago or so, maybe ten plus. There was a game at uh, Stadium Australia where there was about almost thirty five thousand people, and there was a chocker mm. block Dragons contingent. And last couple of years. When we go back six or seven years, the Bulldogs have been good in some years, like you know, 2012 and uh, 2014, making the grand finals and having final stints where the Dragons have been below. And then now both these teams have kind of gone down, and then now the Dragons are on the way up, or potentially mm. on the way up. They've got, it depends what they do in the next part of the year. But it's kind of good to see the Dragons finally there. Yeah. So when we actually go to a home more. game, they're always welcome at our, at a grounds they make some good atmosphere so it's kind of more, good to see more dragons fans at AZ stadium on monday than um there's normally at cogra or win well just that's the venue i'll tell you that <laughs> state of the arc but yeah now we'll go we'll go and start highlighting some players um after a win especially a dominant win against i'm going to say it again against the top eight side <laughs> and i want to make that <laughs> almost uh you get a quite a lot of players and these players i'm actually going to highlight were players that i was Tossing around for a potential point. It was hard. It was hard for the good reasons this week. We've had weeks gone by where we've gone, oh, points have been hard because of how poor performance has been. But add on as uh, as you wish, if you've got any other yeah. players to highlight. Um, so I've got to highlight Nick Meany. First and foremost, I'm going to highlight the fact that uh, Dallin was named a fullback and it was apparently at to captain's run when they ruled him out. So Nick didn't have a whole week to you know, prepare and train, but that's the ultimate professional he is. Well, that's the story we've been given anyway. Well, yeah, we're gonna go, we'll go with it. <laughs> but like, it just—I reckon it just shows the, like the professional he was. Uh, people uh, on Twitter melting down that Tui Katoa was playing fullback. Tell you that was never happening. <laughs> that was never happening. It was just an easier switch. Uh, but look at his run: twenty-six runs, two hundred eighteen meters, seventy-five post-contact meters, four tackle break, uh, four tackle breaks, one line break assist, and two offloads. Very mm. dangerous. Got a his best game in the blue and white. Jack Everington thought he was outstanding uh, on the uh, weekend. Uh, he played 49 minutes, 15 runs, 127 meters, 63 post contact meters, one tackle break, two offloads, 27 tackles. His other front row partner, Luke Thompson, also had a brilliant game. 52 uh, minutes, he played 20 runs, 167 meters, 67 post contact meters, one tackle break, and 32 tackles. Uh, I thought Adam Elliott was. Outstanding in particular in the second half. Uh, he scored a try that Steve Allen now has seen it all in the rugby league field. 
If you were at the stadium, you'd have heard him. That, that was a soft try. I've, I've gone back and watched the KO Mini. <laughs> that is an incredibly soft try. It's embarrassing for the Dragons. But he had the one try, 11 runs, 94 metres, 38, uh, 38 of those pon- uh, post-contact metres, sorry, six tackle breaks. I think maybe four of them came on that try, possibly, if you confirm <laughs> on that one. One line break, uh, two offloads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I might have been guilty in the past, but the next player that I'm going to highlight might have said he may have been a little bit past, might have been past it, or you yep. know, maybe made the controversial thing. But Josh Jackson, he's came back yeah. for two weeks. Uh, those two weeks have been absolutely top class football. It's, he he's, should be getting two points. So he's always always been strong in defence. Obviously, oh well, that's, that would have been the last couple of years. Always strong in defence, but his attacking game was incredible. Yes, it was. Um, he played 56 minutes. He was uh, got a bit of a loophole with the uh, Freena change-off with Corey Waddell coming off them back on for Josh Jackson. Uh, the 17 runs, 178 metres, 82, po- mm. 82 post-contact metres, three tackle breaks, 39 tackles in the middle of the field. I actually started to... Well, he's only been back for like these last two weeks, but he's been actually a pretty good link between the... The halves yeah. and keeping knowing when to actually take the hit up, knowing when to keep the uh, the ball moving uh, in the air. His passes already, uh, you know, hitting the point when he does pass the ball. He's make he just made meters. He was just a meter eater as well, making tackles. He was the um, it was an ultimate game. That's a performance. Like a lot of these performances deserve two or at least one point, but unfortunately, unfortunately for them, they didn't get the points this week because, in my opinion, there was two um, other stars on the field. That stole them off him. Yeah, and uh, Josh Jackson, I don't have the stats here, but um, just looking at those running meters, it's probably the, the best running game he's had for probably a couple of years. Maybe the injury might have been a good thing for him, resting the other parts of the body, you know what I mean? Sometimes... Yeah. And it does sound like he took he actually took his time to come back this time as well. Oh, he hasn't been injured before, but um, he actually took his time to come back to be right Um Instead of rush, just rushing back, mm, they've just they complimented him as the ultimate professional. Absolutely, um, in his re- in his recovery. Uh, well, why? Before we go on, Scott Matt Dury had twelve runs for one hundred and eleven meters, fifty three post contact meters. That's that's strong for a second rower, especially yeah, a, a young second rower. Game. Dylan Lapa, fourteen runs, one hundred and thirty eight meters. Good game again. Uh, so there's lots of players to highlight there. Yeah, especially Thank that forward. For... Highlight all of them. Pretty, or almost all of them. But all yeah, right. Thank you, for, thank you for adding on to that. Unfortunately, I uh, would like to highlight Aaron's shop. 14 runs for 120 meters in game number three or four. Incredible. I, I would have liked to. I would have liked to see more of a chance of Corey Waddell, but uh, he comes on for a couple of tackles and he's off for an interchange and back on again. Uh, Matt Dury barely got his um, barely got to sit down before he got told to get back on the field with the high tackle. But yes, we've got to go to our points. We've got the um, same points again, but in different order. You announce it, mate. Oh, so you want me to announce it? So my one point, which is your two points for everyone listening, is uh, Jeremy Marshall King. What a return. Coming back from a long-term foot injury, uh, returning, playing 80 minutes at hooker. 10 runs, 86 metres, 21 post-contact metres, two tackle breaks, one line break, 37 tackles, and of course, he got the meat pie as well on Monday just to seal off the win. Um, what about that, eh? 
foot injury. I tipped he wasn't going to start. I thought they might have moved him to the bench before uh, kickoff. Yeah, look, you can go through all those stats there uh, that you want. Uh, but I think the most impressive thing was how he straightened our attack. Yes, 100% agree. Forwards were enjoying it. The, a lot of the stats, that's why I gave him into the points. A lot of the uh, stats we read with Heverington, uh, Thompson, Jackson, uh, Elliot, you've highlighted a few players yourself. Uh, without Jerry Marshall King, uh, he definitely helped them out a lot. Yeah, he brought the forwards onto the ball, but he also linked with his halves really well. Yeah, what an ultimate performance. And you start to think, do, uh, he's a player who's off contract almost after the game. You just almost want to th- throw another contract at him. Yeah, we'll see how he goes. But um, it's definitely, even if we do go out and get a, a big name hooker, he's definitely somebody that could at least play off the bench, I suppose. Yeah, cover a couple of positions if there's injury in the halves, centre at a pinch. Yeah, we'll go to two two points. You've given him one point. I think by far his best game at the Bulldogs in his young career. Jake Averillo. He scored the two tries, eleven runs, one hundred twenty-two run meters, four tackle breaks, two line breaks, ten tackles, and five hundred sixty-six kick meters. Uh, he was running. He uh, saw. I don't know if he was licking his lips when he saw Jack DeBellin or uh, wanted to get one over him, but he uh, mm. stepped in with ease for his first try. He's running the ball. He's uh, he's a quick player. I thought for his second try, I thought Hoppawati butchered the second try at one stage because he was looking for someone and couldn't find anyone and still got there. How um, how good was that? Yeah, absolutely. And He came really close to getting by two points for his effort in um, attack. But at the end of the day, he could only do that because, in my mind, because of uh, Marshall King's contribution. Oh, and a big impact he made straight back into it. All right, Scotty, uh, update on the leaderboard. We'll do the top five. Luke Thompson is a runaway leader at the moment. Uh, Dallin Watanay-Zlesiak off to the Warriors, but currently in second, followed by Nick Meaning in third, Jake Avarillo fourth, and Nick Kotrick tied fifth with uh, Jack Everton, Aaron Shop, and now Jeremy Marshall King. Oh, Aaron Chop, he might be the surprise packet to win it. Yeah, well, Dallas not now. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see if he do, if he does go to the Warriors. We'll say that because yeah, that hasn't yeah. been confirmed yet. If he could stay in the top five, things could change quickly in our list given the bonus point situation. Well, uh, Jay Russell King just hasn't played in a long time, and he's rocketed straight into the top five. And Aaron Shop has barely played top grade. Is <laughs> I can reveal Marshall King was on one point before last week. There you so go. See. There you go. Now he's he's probably listening and said, Scott, why didn't you give me two? But Jake got the two. Well, well the thing is, he, he's, he's in that top five, but he's a long way off first. There's a couple of runaway leaders. Yeah, that's correct. Luke Thompson's had an outstanding year, and he deserves to, at this current point, to be sitting at first. Uh, we'll move on to the next, uh, next game. It's against our arch rivals. Uh, Sunday afternoon at Bankwest Stadium. It promises to be a massive crowd. Against the Eels. We've already beaten yep. the top eight side. The Dragons beat them early in the year, so anything's possible, I guess, is it? <laughs> anything's possible, but uh, take a big effort to come over the Eels. Well, it's a step in class. I feel like the Eels play better in, well, my opinion, you might disagree, when they get a more of an afternoon game. They definitely suit the dry weather conditions. They like to throw the ball around. Uh, Moses, uh, Gufferson and Brown, they like to keep it moving. I feel like they're, you know, if a bit of rain, if there is any rain around, that might actually help the Bulldogs more 
than the Parramatta Eels. But I've said again, I've which I think with Josh Jackson on the side, he makes a big difference in our defensive uh, ways. And I would say you've got to get under the skin. You've seen him last week against the West Tigers, the Parramatta Eels, a little bit ill-disciplined at the end of the game and a bit bit heated in the middle of the game. Mitchell Moses having to go with his captain. Uh, Gufferson copying it, absolute rippers from uh, the crowds. For, uh, he's a- tagged arrogant performance as well. Was the thing thrown around over social media really, for his performance? Yes, having uh, a dig at Dame Laurie and the way he came across as the, what people were tagging it, and Eels fans tagging his arrogance and there a bit fearful that uh, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> oh yes, but they're, they're catching on. They're not the, <laughs> they're not the quickest bunch, the Parramatta fans. But right. um, that's been something we've been talking about for years, and where we think we're not Neil's show, but where we think they go to the next level is the arrog- uh, the the cockiness or the arrog- whatever you want to call it, too much egos in the side. Um, but it's definitely proven that if you're versing the Eels, that you might want to, you know, say a few things, you know, go on the borderline of being just, you know, hitting them late in the, like, you know, kicks late you and try stuff to, like that. Try to say get under their skin. Yeah, deep, like, deeply. They've shown um, that. Uh, they've shown that they can, you know, give away a penalty. As uh, Zaya Papalili, the one who you didn't think would do anything, needs someone in the head after. Uh, so you're just, just saying that, that... That should have been a send-off. Oh, it should have been a send-off and he should have copped six matches. Hmm. Deliberately kneeing in the head, but that's a different uh, conversation. Well, get under the skins. We've got Josh Jackson. He did that with Nathan Cleary, I thought, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it worked against Panthers a bit. Uh If you do that against someone like Moses and Gufferson, who's probably a step down in class of Cleary, you couldn't imagine what it could do for the Bulldogs. Cool. Hoping to get out to that game too. So, And uh, for those who are uh, listening, uh, get 10% off your tickets if you want to uh, turn uh, Paradise into uh, the Bulldogs for the day. Is that So just uh, on Ticket Tech, Bulldogs uh, 2020, uh, sorry, 2021 to get 10% discounts on your tickets. Bulldogs 2021. Yes, to get your... To get your discounted tickets. Lucky I haven't got my ticket yet. Yeah. 10% off. Good deal. Uh, so it should be a, a massive turnout between the two arch rivals. We'll move on to the uh, lower, lower grade watch. Sorry. Uh, round 14 uh, saw the Dragons versus the Bulldogs and the Jersey flag. Dragons are winners in that, in that one. 20 points to 18. How uh, disappointing for the Bulldogs. However, they Bulldogs scored more tries. Unfortunately, couldn't uh, convert. They only converted one from four, and the the Dragons. Uh, the goal kicking was the difference for the Dragons. Uh, the Jersey flag will play the Eels on Saturday. So the Eels are coming eight from the Jersey flag versus the fourth place Bulldogs, playing at Saturday at New Era Stadium. You had some some memories there earlier this year. Yeah, that is a lot. <laughs> That is a very overrated field out there. Yeah, at the Cameramatta Leagues Club, if you don't know oh, where absolutely. that it's is. A, yeah. It's a really bad field. <laughs> but yes. Oh, sorry, I should say the field might be all right. I haven't played on it. But the <laughs> the viewing side of it, oh my goodness. Yeah, That's a fair call. Uh, the Harvey Norman Women uh, Premiership Round 14, the Mounties had a bye on the uh, weekend. Uh, they will play the Wenty Magpies, who are sitting ninth. The Mounties are currently sitting third at uh, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. at Ringrose Park, which is at the Wenty Leagues 
club. I can tell you much better viewing at that at that little field out at Wesley uh, Leagues. I love it. Uh, you got to give us. You will tell us how good the next one is when we get to it. New South Cup. Uh, they played just before the NRL, so the Mounties are winners in that one. 26 defeating the Dragons, 16 at Stadium Australia. That was the return game of Kyle Flanagan, who's been uh, missing yeah. for a few weeks with rib injury and also being was, was dropped, but also suffering from the rib injury early on in the season. I thought, personally watching that, he played pretty good, uh, room for improvement, but I thought it was... yeah. For him a, not playing a, a lot, few, few nice touches. He um, would have had a he put a, lo- a lovely little kick in close to the line that would have resulted in a try. Uh, forget who it was though. He came through and dropped it <laughs> instead of putting it on the ground. Um, I, I cl- paid close close attention to him. He made a few mistakes. Uh, just getting back into the rhythm of, of footy again after being out for a while. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he goes forward. Probably the biggest disappointing thing. For myself was probably the last 10 minutes where it was really really time to close out the game. He didn't really step up and finish that game off himself and take ownership of the result, which you need to do as a halfback. But um, that's if you want to be super picky and, and critical. Uh, overall, it was a pretty decent game. I look forward to watching him progress from my very lovely seat in ANZ Stadium. I... Uh... I agree. I thought he was uh, he played well, uh, but I definitely agree. He didn't uh, close out the game. He had a few errors in him, but in saying that, when you do miss a quite a, quite a few weeks of footy, uh, those things tend to happen, especially the error side of the game. Uh, but you can catch uh, Kyle Flanagan and the Mounties this Sunday against the Parramatta Eels at Bankwest Stadium at 11.30am. You can't make it. We told you the discount for the tickets. Uh, if you can't make it, you will be able to see it on Foxtel and KO as well. So you'll be able to catch Kyle Flanagan two weeks in a row on Foxtel. He's pulling uh, the cameras all over to him. So uh, mm. I think uh, you'll see a much uh, more improved uh, Kyle Flanagan now he's played the full game. And then he's also backed up and been 18th man in the NRL on the weekend, which I've got to say, I feel sorry for him. He wins a game for the Mounties, which as the Bulldogs haven't done much winning this year. Um, he's only been a part of the one win this this season. Comes back for the Mounties, gets a win, and Tolls hit the shower, mate. You're putting on the Bulldogs jersey and sitting on the bench. I like it. It's a bit of a throwback. It's great. Um, I have no problem with the 18th man, who's supposed to be only a cover in case of you know disaster incidents happening, uh, being a player that played reserve grade. No problem at all. No, I have no problem. I just, you know, hasn't won much. You know, when you get in the winning dressing room, yeah, good feeling. He just had well, to miss. I mean, he got into a winning dressing room, I suppose, at full time. Both teams won, and that would be um, more, more. Um, what's the word? Satisfying. So, I think he would have had a good night. I'm hoping. Well, I'm hoping he plays well, and the rest of the Mounties, because it's third versus fifth on the um, weekend at Bengal Stadium with the Eels. I've, seen, the I've seen a lot of para games actually in the cup this mm-hmm. year. A very solid squad too. Blake Ferguson has dropped down into that team as well. Jacob Arthur's been on fire this year, so much so that he's forced his way into the NRL squad for a few games. Um, some really good players down there. Mm-hmm. That's actually good that you've actually spoken about Jacob Arthur because they, they have Jordan Rankin who plays in the halves, who's actually, I yep. thought, been playing pretty decently. That he is, could he's playing well too. And you could that argue in... the para brought Rankin in to be the backup to the halves and Jesse Arthur was playing so well that he jumped, jumped the queue there. 
Mm, because it's the safe option. But yes, that's uh, how good he actually has actually been uh, for the Eels New South Cup side. So it's going to be a tough one, but hopefully, uh, you know, the Mounties can bring it home and we can hopefully talk about how good, because we'll be watching it either at the stadium or on Fox on Foxtel, that we can talk about how good uh, they were and also how good uh, Kyle Flanagan was and pushing for a top grade spot again. Mm. That leaves us with one uh, more... Segment? segment for the show. Thank you. I got stuck on the word segment. Thank you. Uh, it is Old Dog, uh, which we haven't oh. done in a while. This is why plenty we... of players have played for both teams. So yeah, so just go straight to it. I'm not even going to try to guess. I'm going to try to guess. I'm going to. I went out there for a little bit of an out there one though. So before I just t- tossed up there, I went with uh, Chris Armit. Ah, oh, armpit. Yes, I was hoping you'd say that because I, I had that ready to say if you didn't say armpit. He played 15 games for the Eels between uh, 2003 and 2004 after the Bulldogs winning the grand final. He came across, played 134 games for the Bulldogs, scoring four tries between 2005 and 2011. He then uh, played 11 games for the Panthers uh, in 2012. He also uh, represented Scotland in the World Cup in three games in 2008. Uh, what a, Pretty... Pretty solid career, 134 games for the Bulldogs. Uh, played in a relatively successful... He played in some bad years, but he was there for some good years as well. Uh, he was a solid uh, prop. You know what you're going to get from him. Played yeah, decently. Probably, Great. Sorry, I was just going to say, probably very underrated. He was um, one of those players that probably put in a performance way bigger than his reputation most weeks. Yeah, it was just those team players. Like, I wanted to highlight some of these in the old dogs as well. But those players who were not on, you know, huge coin, uh, who might not get the casual viewers or the ones who don't go for the Bulldogs' attention as much. Mm-hmm. But those who, you know, if you go for the Bulldogs or you really enjoy the game of rugby league, you actually do know those people like Chris Armit playing. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he played a lot of these uh, time off the interchange bench, but he played 160 NRL games. You don't uh, obviously do that without being any good in uh, your career. Uh, he did... Especially he did his... over a relatively short space of time when you think about it. He played consistently. Yes, yeah. He played from 03 so... to 2012 and he wasn't well, consistently... If you just, just look at the Bulldogs one now, I think it was 05 to 11, what did you say? 120 yeah, games? 34 games. games. Yeah. Over six seasons. That's, that's incredible. Well, yeah, uh, 100... 160, and like you said, 2005 was his first real main, like yeah, Bulldogs right. was his main, where he's made his name for himself. Yep. Uh, definitely a Bulldog. Uh, great to see him get the honour of being able to represent the, his country of heritage in Scotland, and it being a World Cup year, I don't. I think it would be remiss of us not to say good luck to the Bravehearts at the end of the year. <laughs> Love it. That, um, I would imagine... Uh, I would like to see people like Chris Armand uh, having some involvement, um, in particular in uh, the Bravehearts. Yeah, well, we might have to do a where are they now segment and find out where he is. Yeah, I've, that, there you go. That might be a good off-season <laughs> uh, the, the podcast because we could uh, make them go for a couple of hours. Yeah. Or we'll have plenty of episodes. Uh, that started in 1935. Uh, dead, dead, dead. <laughs> then we'll go where, from there. Where are the grandchildren? Is that what it, <laughs> that one's called? <laughs> um, well, we want to uh, highlight uh, Chris Armand, his uh, uh, contribution to the Bulldogs and the NRL. He was a really good guy. Uh, 
a good uh, ambassador for the game. So that's why we want to put him as an old dog. I thought, you know, if, if we, you know, put that out there for those who listen to all the way to the end of the podcast and enjoy his old dog and just reminiscing of old players that just do think back and go, oh, yeah, Chris Armand, you know, he never got the massive raps, but he was definitely a team player that every team needed a, uh, a Chris Armand like in their uh, in their squad. Uh, so that wraps up our show for this week. How good is it to wrap up after a win? Hopefully we sound much more positive. If we haven't, I'm very sorry, but we are uh, well, smiling. We, we waited to Thursday night to record, unfortunately. It's been a big week for both of us um, yeah. outside of football. So um, if we sound a bit tired, that's why. Yeah, but yes, but we're super excited. We can't wait. I don't think we've slept since Monday. Well, I haven't. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you want to hear anything or have any opinions or want to share anything uh, or just have any questions. Ask us how you get in touch with us. Twitter is at NRL Bulldogs fans. Instagram is at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Uh, Gmail is NRL Bulldogs dot fans at gmail.com. Or in our Facebook page is NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. Guys, anything you want to hear or just need any help or want to reach out for your opinions? We're happy to put them on the show. Yeah, I was so just thinking week. this week you might reach out on, on Twitter and, and get some opinions for us to read out next week. Oh, I like it. I love those uh, love those things. And uh, hopefully we can do it after a win and have some really good positive opinions this time. <laughs> That's it. Till next time, guys.